Now I'm lying here with Donut Box on my mind. And next to me, my suit to be the show I left behind. And Lord, it's killing me to change my mind. You know I'm lying here with Donut Box on my mind. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Conway Twitty. Just kidding. It's Micah. And I'm Chris. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. I'm lying here with Linda on my mind. And next to me, my soon to be, the one I left behind. And Lord. Well, Micah, it's we are on episode 22. I'm glad that we did not do uh, Taylor Swift's 22 as an intro. Good call. Love Conway Twitty. Sometimes I just get in the mood for uh, Conway Twitty and just listen to him all the time. And if you, if you guys out there do not know the joy of Conway Twitty, just go to have a listen. Just go have a listen, especially that song, Linda On My Mind, or he's got another popular one, Hello Darling. Just really any of his stuff. I mean, he's got the sideburns. He was 80s, 70s and 80s country gold. So please go and take a listen if you haven't heard him before. Yeah. So uh, before we get into our show, we just want to shout out to our to all of our Donut Box listeners. Thank you so much for all of your support, especially over there in Iowa, Ohio and Virginia, man. Y'all have been like a staple for us, you know, outside of we're based in Texas, but outside of Texas, Virginia has been like consistent and y'all been Donut Box OG since day one. And we also appreciate all the other states, but just wanted to shout out all those states and thank you so much for listening to us. So our first segment is the old fashioned donut, which is a story from our past. But for these next few episodes, we are doing interesting and wacky characters from our past. And Micah, I'll let you introduce who is going to be on this fat this week's old-fashioned donut all right so chris and i used to work at this very popular western wear store and we're just going to call it boot corral that's what we're going to call it and today we have three different people um i'm going to start off with one very special person and his name christopher is deputy porkers you remember deputy porkers that's what we'll call him yeah, that's what we'll call him now. We're not making fun of his weight. He was a little bit overweight, but his face looked exactly like Porky Pig, and he always wore a cowboy hat, and uh, he he wanted to be a police. But he was a very interesting guy, um, and when I say interesting, as in he uh, he had some things happen with him. So literally at one point, he was a salesman at this place and it was all commission based and it was around Christmas time and Chris and I were working in the back, you know, getting all the the stock prepped and bringing it out and everything. And uh, poor guy just really didn't have himself a good time on the sales floor. He didn't make a lot of money. So our boss, he made, he orchestrated this little move where I went to the sales floor and they swapped Adam to the back. Now, what does that mean for poor Christopher? That meant that the hardworking guy and me and his friend that made him laugh had to go to the sales floor and he got replaced with Deputy Porkers, who would sit on the floor, take his time, and talk massive crap. 
about everybody, including Chris. Yeah, so the way that this uh, certain Western wear was set up was, of course, you had two parts of it. There was the sales floor, and then there was the back room where all the receiving and all the stocking happened. So the way that would happen, receivers would get all the packages delivered from UPS, like all the merchandise, like boots, hats, shirts. Then they would have to go in there, take out all the little paper, all the filling, and then like tag it and price it. Then the salespeople would like sell the actual merchandise, and they got a commission. So that's why they moved him back to the back was because he wasn't making his weekly commission rate and they wanted to try Mike out and Micah did great on the sales floor. Now, Deputy Porkers, um, the thing about him is he would say he would tell outlandish stories and he would say that he would like say these things. And I was like, man, this guy's awesome. But then I would be like watching a movie or something and I'd be like wait a second, he got this from this movie or he got this from this TV show. And turns out, homie was just all talk. He he never actually said those things because um, he had this girlfriend who like apparently was awful to him. And he was like, yeah, I told her this and I told her that and I told her off. And uh, whenever she came into the store, she would just totally like be awful to him and mouth off to him and homie wouldn't say a word to her. And I was like, where's Deputy Porkers in the stories, man? And he like... He just sat down. He was so lazy. Um, and a side note is we actually lived in the same complex. And uh, homie got kicked out of his complex because he claimed that he knew all about guns. But he was cleaning his gun one time and didn't handle it properly. And he shot a hole in the wall and he got kicked out of his apartment. So homie was just full of full of crap. Oh, and he was uh, he was quite the smart guy because after he got kicked out of this apartment, he didn't have a place to live, so he was living out of his car. However, simultaneously, while he's living in his car, of course, you know, we get discounts at this at this store, and he ended up buying, like, all this equipment, a brand new gun, and when I say equipment, I'm talking about he bought a brand new pair of ostrich skin boots, and if you're not familiar with Western wear, like, uh, especially these were full quill, which... Um, ostrich skin comes in two different kinds. It's smooth or it has the quill where, you know, they pluck the feathers out. And when you have the full bump quill, it's, you know, more desirable and it's more money. Well, he spent almost five, $600 on this pair of boots when he didn't have a house to live in. Um, and you know, just stuff like that. He would make these moves all the time where you'd be sitting there going, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? He also did not. Uh, he also did not uh, shower a lot. So whenever I had to work with him, I would always keep a healthy distance because he just smelled uh, really bad. And he was very slow at his job. And then in the summertime, so we had uh, two stalkers, and I was like in charge of the back room. And the other stalker, he went to school, and he wouldn't come in until like. Uh, until like four. So whenever school started back, it was just me and Deputy Porkers, and then we'd have to wait till four for the other stalker to come in, and homie was just going so slow, and I was just like, man. But anyways, that was Deputy Porkers. Tell them about a couple of other characters that we worked with. So there's another character, uh, and we didn't discuss this, but I think we need to talk about this one next. Uh, speaking of the back room, there was another fella, and his name was, uh, we'll call him D'Angelo. And 
he was uh, so D'Angelo was a lot like Deputy Porkers in a way, as far as he was very lazy, rarely showered. And I don't know why I always remember this, but he drove this yellow truck like this, this, I mean, like bumblebee yellow truck. And he was always so when when D'Angelo was working there, there was this lady who was doing the receiving and whatnot. And her name was Seth. Don't ask me why they called her Seth. But he was like constantly like hitting on her and stuff like that, like constantly the entire time. And it was it wasn't just like the oh, you look nice today kind of hit nod. It it got pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, he uh, actually fell asleep one time in the middle of his work. Like he was in the middle of uh, unwrapping a shirt and he just like fell asleep and he would like sit down while he was working and we were just like, dude, what are you doing? And then he would constantly fall asleep. I don't know if he was tired, but one time he went on break and we didn't know where he went. And so like two hours go by and we're like, hey, where's D'Angelo? And uh, find him in his bumblebee truck and he was falling asleep and we were just like... What the heck? He was out of. He didn't last too long. He didn't last too long. And then I remember. I think one of the final straws was. Uh, and this should tell you just how smart this fellow was. He mouthed off to our boss, and like I never saw this boss like bow up at somebody, but I thought he was gonna punch him in the face for a minute. I mean, it was. It was like I. I'm trying to remember what happened, but it was. He was like the boss was telling him like we're going too slow. D'Angelo, you need to really pick up your stuff. And he was like, yeah, I heard what you said or something like that. He like mouthed off to him. No, he said, he said, why don't you come and do it or something like that? Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, it was something, it was something like that. And that boss turned around and he bowed up and he was like, what'd you say to me, boy? And we thought we were going to have a throwdown in the back, back there. And then shortly after that, of course, he got his walking papers and had to get on out. Now, Chris, who's who's the third person? So we're going to use his name because he doesn't have a really common name, but his name was Dutch. And Dutch was like this older guy. He was probably like in his 40s, late 50s. And um, so the rule was everyone worked on the sales floor. And the rule was that, you know, you had to take care of your customers. Now, if you left your customers for longer than five minutes – you another salesman could come in and pick up your customer and they would get this commission off the sale well as soon as you like left your customer not even like two seconds later dutch would come up and he'd be like talking to them and he'd like take their stuff and take it to the front and put his card on it so that he got the credit for the sale and uh every time someone confronted him about it he was just like hey i'm still this excuse for everything we're like dutch you can't do that he'd be like hey i'm still learning and we're like okay dutch that's cool, but you've been here for like almost a year now. You're like, hey, I'm still learning. And uh, I know Michael was ready to fight him one time. Yeah, I, I was ready to fight him a, a couple of times. But I mean, what we would always do, especially in this back room. Um, so in order to prevent theft, the more expensive boots were put in the back. We would put their mates in the back. So we'd have like one in the box for them to try on. And in the back, we would have the pair. So if somebody was going to buy the pair, you'd have to go to the back to get the pair. And um, I never forget there was one time because we would always it, he would always hang around this shelf that had all these high price boots. And so you could be helping somebody 
and you'd go to the back and then he'd come back out and and you know there there would be dutch he'd be standing there and he'd be like how you do today and he'd be like talking to them and stuff and you just want to punch him in the face well um so of course we had our little games and so we would steal people back from him and i never forget he had this ginormous sale coming like i'm talking like it was big and uh it wasn't it wasn't me but it was this other guy came back there was like hand me the mate to this boot quickly like as fast as you can and we didn't know what was going on so we threw the boot over to him and then here comes dutch's goofy behind back there and he was like did you give that boot away and we were just like yeah we gave it to so and so and he was just like oh shucks and like he got like all down to the dumps but he would also do things um like one time i had to vacuum the tin roofs which we won't go into that, but I had to get up on this ladder. He would come up to the ladder and he would shake the ladder and he'd be like, he'd be like, see, I just saved your life. And you'd be like, Dutch, seriously, I'm going to kick you in the face. Like, get away from me. And he'd always be like, he'd be like, hey, you doing okay up there? And that was always his thing. He would always start off with, hey, you, what's going on with you? Well, Chris actually, so, you know, he went to the grocery business and years later, he got to work with Dutch again. Didn't you, Chris? Yeah, so th I'm talking like we worked at this Western Wear place probably like seven, eight years ago. As of like a couple months ago is when I saw Dutch. And he would come in and he would do like resets for our store. And Dutch is the kind of guy like you always know those people whenever you're trying to walk away and they still keep talking to you. And he would say something to me and I'd be like, oh, yeah, Dutch. I'd be like, I appreciate it. And he'd be like, hey, I'm just trying to help you out. And then you go walk away and he'd be like, hey. Have a good weekend. And you're like, okay, you too, Dutch. And you start walking away like, hey, I'm doing all I can. I'm just trying. And uh, this fool was like so crazy. He used to work in a town, like an oil town, as a high school baseball referee. Okay, umpire. High school baseball umpire. And he was so bad that they let him only call JV games. Well, he was no good at calling JV baseball games, so they moved him down to ninth grade baseball. And it got to the point where Dutch was so bad that they just kicked him and banned him from umpiring in this small little town ever again. And I was like, you got to be pretty bad if you just you, you don't get any baseball jobs at all. And as bad as, and like Chris was saying, this is a very small town. I'm sure they don't have umpires galore in this area. So in order for them to, to say no more, but I don't know why. And we'll end this segment on this note. But I just imagine him standing behind the plate going, hey, that's a strike. And they're like, no, it wasn't. That was a ball. And then there's this big old fight happening. He's like, hey, I'm just doing my best. I'm just, I'm just eyeing the ball. Hey, I'm just doing my best. I'm still learning, okay? And he would, I mean, that's that's how he'd react to any sort of confrontation. It was always just, hey, I'm just doing my best. Yep. Interesting story, interesting times. We'll tell you about some more of these coworkers from this Western Wear store because we got a lot of them. But our next segment is the Jelly Donut, which is our jail report. You know, I actually watched that movie uh, the other the other day. I watched like the first thirty minutes of it, and the part where Private Pyle gets the jelly donut and Gunnery Sergeant Hartman yells at him. That's always like the best. So yeah. um, we have on our jail report. We have two today. So the first one goes: local man threatens to shoot his ex girlfriend over Instagram. Okay, Ooh. you ready for this? Yeah. 
So, a local man was jailed last week for threatening to kill his ex-girlfriend over an Instagram comment, according to a sheriff's report. Mr. White, 25, was charged on April 7th with felony terroristic threats and acts. The victim told deputies that White had been calling her last Thursday and making threats. Why? Because someone just simply commented on her Instagram profile, the report says. White was threatening to kill her on the phone and kept up the threats when deputies were there to hear it, while deputies listened to White on speakerphone. White stated that he was going to come and shoot the victim in the face, the report says. He also threatened to quote-unquote smoke her and beat her blank, the report says. White was arrested on April 7th and released the next day after making bonds. So he, I guess, was upset that people were commenting on her Instagram. What were they commenting for him to get that mad? That's my question. I don't know. I'm sure you know how you know how it always goes. There are always those thirsty people on Instagram that are always like commenting different stuff. And I mean, I could I could understand, but like I think Homie was just like super jealous and like didn't want nobody to uh comment on his ex girlfriend. But the fact that like he just kept calling and making threats and then was the police actually got him, that's crazy. He was charged with terroristic threats, which is a pretty serious charge. Well, I wonder why that was an ex boyfriend of hers that was yeah sarcastic but yeah <laughs> i've seen some crazy things on instagram all right okay here we go i got another one you ready for this yeah here we go a burglar smashed a front window of a local papa john's in a local town last week and escaped with a single soda and a pizza box according to a sheriff's report mr presley 26 was charged april 5th with a smash and grab burglary the burglary happened last Tuesday around 3 a.m. when the suspect reportedly used a sewer drain lid to shatter the window and gain entry, a sheriff report says. The break-in triggered an alarm, and responding deputies found a food cabinet door and a food tray lid open. Video captured the suspect wearing a camouflage jacket, blue jeans, and orange flip-flops while searching through the cabinets. He then exited the back door with a Sierra Mist soda and a pizza box with unknown stuff inside. Mr. Presley was captured shortly after and booked into jail. He is a repeat offender with previous arrests for robbery, trespassing, simple battery, domestic violence, and entering an auto. Hold on. So, uh, a sewer lid. So, this man just walked up into the street, and he took this, this cap, uh, like a manhole cover, off of the sewer drain. And he, it broke the window to Papa John's. It sounds like Papa John's was closed. That's what it sounds like. So this guy is like, it's late at night. I want some pizza. You know, I'm going to smash through this window. I'm going to go back there and I'm going to make me a pizza. They ain't going to tell me no today. That pretty much what happened. That's what it sounds like. Well, no. Well, nobody knows what was in the pizza box, but he just grabbed a pizza box and a Sierra Mist. And I was like, obviously, they probably put the ingredients up like i don't know what homie was grabbing like i mean maybe some money from the cash register but like yeah, but just to go and rob a papa john's and grab a sierra mist and a pizza box going to jail over that that's not worth it to me well and from somebody who used to work at papa john's i know i mean most places do but they have a safe i mean they put everything in the safe at night and the thing is that safe is Unless you know the combination, if you bust in any of that thing or you're trying to, it's automatically going to trigger the cops. And I'm sure since he broke the windows, the cops are already on the way, too. So, I just, that one don't make too much sense what was going on there. Yeah, I think it's absolutely crazy that he was willing to go to jail over a Sierra Mist in a pizza box. Like, what was he hoping to rob? Like, 
my last thought was I'm gonna grab up go and rob a Papa John's. Like that's kind of the last thing on my list. I mean, my my thing is I'm I'm thinking, you know, uh, you know our uh, jail report that we did not too long ago where it was talking about the man going into the Little Caesars and, like, holding it up at gunpoint because they didn't have a hot and ready pizza. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know what it is about, like, pizza shops and people wanting wanting to go nuts over it, but okay. Well, maybe he maybe some, uh, some uh, uh, drugs were involved that made him, he got the munchies, and maybe he just wanted a pizza. So I don't know, but that's our jail report. Very interesting to fact that this man was going to try to kill his ex-girlfriend over some Instagram and then a man robs a Papa John's and only gets a pizza box and a soda. And, you know, if it was closed, he probably got like the pizza crust and like the ingredients for the pizza at best. Maybe. Enjoy that bag of mozzarella cheese, my man, because that's going to be the last good thing you're eating for a while. And they don't serve that kind of stuff in county, tell you that much. Yeah, and especially where there's town where he was arrested, he'll be lucky if he gets something like that. But anyways, our next segment is the donut hole. So our donut hole this week, I wouldn't call it my movie pick of the week, but we're going to talk about this movie. I would not choose it as like, oh, yeah, this is a movie to go see. But for those that are interested in going to see it, it's called uh, The Neverending Story Beast and where to. No, I'm just kidding. It's called Fantastic Beast, uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Now, uh, they came out with a series of these movies. expounding on the harry potter universe um micah just recently finished harry potter not too long ago i mean i'm a fan of the movies uh my girlfriend loves harry potter so um this is the wizarding world and this is set like in the 20s or 30s i think and um it's the basically there were two other movies uh Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and then the secret, uh, not the secrets, the crimes of Grindelwald. So this movie takes place, and uh, there's this guy Grindelwald who's like basically wanting to extinct all the Muggles, which is like the people that are not wizards. Um, he wants to basically wipe their world out, and only wants to have pure blood wizards in the world. And Dumbledore uh, gathers a team of people. Um, there's like a zoologist and his brother and then like there is a muggle who doesn't have any wizarding powers and they're trying to stop Grindelwald and uh it was really interesting because you could see kind of what they were trying to do with the similarities of the wizarding world and what was happening in Nazi Germany at the time because during the same time that's when Hitler is like rising to power and they're trying to stop Grindelwald and I mean, it was an okay movie. It was not the best of the Wizarding World movies. Definitely Harry Potter was way better. But, um, I mean, if you want to go see this movie, I definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, There are some... Dumbledore got some secrets. I'll tell you that much right now. He got some big secrets. I don't want to spoil them for you. Uh, But they made that decision. And I was kind of like, okay, what does this have to do with everything else? But it was kind of weird because... The Dumbledore in this movie didn't feel like the Dumbledore in all the other movies. Maybe it's because he was younger, but it just didn't seem like the two worlds kind of meshed together. They seem like two different movie sets in a way. Like, I don't know. I kind of felt that way, and this is digressing a little bit, but uh, I felt that way kind of about Star Wars. Like, to me, it ended at six, and it's hard to see the rest of them that came out 
in succession that's supposed to be after that um being a part of the same series they seem like different different movies yeah and it's just like the characteristics don't really match up i mean like of course they're trying to stop grindelwald and save the muggle world and like i get that and you know the main the main character Newt uh, Scamander and his brother are are good and there's the Muggle guy Jacob he's funny he's like a New Yorker and he's funny um, but it just was really weird like I'll I'll go ahead and spoil it for you at, 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 and it's not gonna give away any big plot lines or anything like that but the Muggle Jacob at the end of the movie he's getting married um, and Dumbledore like shows up outside and the main character Newt has a conversation with them. But Dumbledore doesn't come in and, like, actually go to the wedding. And Dumbledore and, like, this muggle friend Jacob, like, are cool. And I was just like, so why are you not coming in and going to the wedding, bro? Like, that's a little weird. I would love for them to make a movie, like, with Voldemort, like, before he came became Voldemort. And, like, Tom Riddle or, like, the four people that did, like, the Slytherin and Ravenclaw and, like, Hufflepuff and Gryffindor and all that stuff like where that originated from I would love for them to do that but it just kind of seemed like this movie was kind of kind of forced it was really weird I would like to see that and then I'd also like to see um so like even if they had like a series of Voldemort movies of like when he started off as Tom Riddle like you know they kind of talked about the storyline during the movies and like kind of you know really went through his character but get a real feel for it because to be honest with everything that happened, most likely if they did a movie about it, most people are going to look at him different. I mean, as far as not as evil, like, okay, I could see where he, how he got there kind of thing. Um, but I would like to see that, like maybe like a part one where it's like how he became Voldemort. And then once he became it, what it looked like, what was going on from Harry's side, but like through Voldemort's eyes and then also how some of these people like Lucius Malfoy became Death Eaters and stuff like that. Like, how did that whole thing, how did they all assemble into that, you know? Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to say. Like, doing a whole thing of where Harry Potter's dad and Sirius Black and S Snape, like, before they... Because they kind of touched on them in the movies, but, like, having, like, their whole deal... Uh, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but I'm not a fan of Sirius Black. I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for this uh but my girlfriend was kind of getting mad at me during the secrets of double door because like the whole time i was going over i was whispering i was like where's snape i was like where's harry potter and then like there's this guy that kind of looks like lucius malfoy i was like is that draco malfoy's dad and she was like no none of that has anything to do with anything and i was just like oh okay but i think if they made movies like that during those time periods i think people would watch them i mean you know i'm not saying i'm a diehard harry potter fan but i would maybe go watch it or maybe like be interested in it if it was done well yeah i mean i'm interested in everybody's backstory because i mean they of course harry potter is going to focus very much on harry potter and now they're focusing on dumbledore primarily but i mean i would like to see the rest of it like the good and the bad sides you know like how did this old thing come out but um so do you prefer the dumbledore from one and two or you do you prefer the Dumbledore that was like started off at three and went all the way through. Which one, which Dumbledore do you prefer? The first two for sure. I mean, uh, I think primarily it's because the Dumbledore from the first two, he was almost like a Santa Claus type figure. 
You know, he was very nice. You know, he was trying to guide Harry in the best way possible without trying to scare him because he's a kid, but still trying to make it like, okay, we're in school and it's magical and I'm here to help you and whatnot. And he understands what's going on at home and, you know, the whole thing with his uncle and all that other crap. But I really think once it went to three and beyond, it got very serious. Dumbledore was not the jolly, fun-loving, you know, headmaster of the school anymore. He was always, I don't know if you've noticed this, but especially, you know, three on, it was always he was in and out of school. Like it was constantly, like either he's traveling or, you know, he gets in trouble and they're like, we're going to send you to Azkaban or, you know, this happens and, you know, we think you shouldn't be the headmaster anymore, you know, and like it's constantly he's like in and out and, which one is it? Is it the Order of the Phoenix? I watched them all in succession, so it's hard to remember like the exact one. But which one is the one where um, Dumbledore like didn't talk to Harry like the entire school year to the very end? And he's like, oh, I didn't talk to you pretty much because, you know, I was trying to protect you this whole time. Was that the fifth one? Bro, to be honest with you, I, I don't know. Maybe it was the Half-Blood Prince. I don't yeah. know. Maybe it was that one. But I'm sitting there going... You know, what happened if Dumbledore is trying to protect you? You know, I mean, he should be he should have. I mean, poor Harry's having to deal with all this stuff. And now, like the person, his biggest allies, like not talking to him and all sorts of stuff. So, no, for sure. The first two, I wish it would have remained the same. But didn't the main actor who played Dumbledore die during that point? Like after that point? So it was a totally new guy. Yeah, that's why they had to recast him. Uh, and I mean, I get it. Like Harry's growing up and the kids are growing up. So they're dealing with more serious things, especially after Voldemort's, you know, coming back. They can't be all like, haha, like they got to actually deal with the dude that's actually trying to kill them. Um, but yeah, that is why they recast him. I mean, that guy was fine, but he was like, you know, reminded me more of like Gandalf. I would love to see Gandalf and Dumbledore scrap. That would be great. I would love for somebody to do that. But you know that's just my inner nerd coming out. Can can we can we do that and put that on trash can? Just like you know, um, it's like we have Dumbledore and then we have Gandalf. I mean, because I don't know why I just envision that Gandalf scene. You know where there's you know he's got his staff in the air and you know it bits the light and makes everything go away, and then all of a sudden here's Dumbledore on the other side. And he like you know. Throws throws something at them and they'd be kicking each other's pants. You know, it'd be great. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. So let us know if you would love to see that. Maybe we could do a computerized fight. That would be great. But anyways, that was our inner nerds coming out. That was the donut hole. And now it's time for what fries are donuts. And Michael, <laughs> what fries your donuts? Churches on holidays. And the thing is... We just went through Easter, right? Uh, we went through Easter last week. And don't get me wrong, I enjoy church to a certain extent, but I don't like some of the Easter festivities, okay? First of all, I don't like the fact that all these people who haven't been to church all year decide I want to go on Easter. Now, all of a sudden, your favorite church, don't matter who it is, you've been going there for 20 some odd years. You step into that door on Sunday morning and you look at a whole congregation and you don't know half of them. And you're like, who is this? Who is that? Who is that? Who are you? And then after service, you step outside and they all take pictures of their little 
Easter suits with their family, and you like, you can't take a picture here. That's just my opinion. I'm sitting here going, you can't take a picture here because you don't really go here. I know you. I come here every week. I have never seen you here. Don't you take a picture in front of my church and claim it as your own. No, no, no. I worked at the children's ministry. I worked as the usher. I worked as... I mean, fill in the blank, man. I've been working. I've been over here working. So you can sit your pretty behind down and for one time a year. And you know what? It really grinds my gears. It really fries my donuts when people do that. Because the thing is, we know we ain't going to see them the rest of the time. They just want to claim the benefits, but they don't want to actually be in the nitty gritty with the rest of the people in the church congregation that actually are there every single week that are helping the people that are being that church community that God wants us to be. What are your thoughts on that, Chris? I, th- I think, I think what maybe kind of, and I'll be really uh, cautious here because I do work for a church and I love church. Uh, don't, don't mishear us. You know, we're not saying we're opposed to church or anything like that. And we're not opposed to people coming to church too. We, we, we want you to come to church. Yeah, we're not opposed to people coming to church, but I think I think where I get frustrated is when people treat it as like more of a social status um, or just a thing to check the box off. And I mean, I believe God can move anyway, um, and He can use something to, you know, change somebody's heart. But I just don't like it when people are like, "Oh yeah, I went to church today," and then they live like hell uh, Monday through Saturday, and then on Sunday. Or just on Easter or Christmas, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to church and fulfill my duty for the year. And I'm like, bro, it's really not about that. I think that's what kind of, I guess, frustrates me. I know nobody's perfect, but I just don't like when people use it as a box to check off. You know, me personally, um, we've been very transparent on this show. And, you know, the thing is, we, Chris and I have both had struggles with church and religion and things like that. And I'm... And, you know, we've had our struggles and we've had our times with that. But I think the biggest thing is, I mean, Chris nailed it right on the head. It's just the sheer fact of you know that they're there to check the block. In fact, they're probably not even listening to what the pastor is saying. And the thing is, that's not what you're there for. I mean, to go to church does not mean you have a relationship with God and what it's actually all about. It's like it's like saying, I'm going to Christmas just for the gifts. I'm going to receive the gifts, but I'm not going to do anything else with Christmas. I mean, how would you feel if a family member pulled up to your house and it's Christmas, you bought them gifts and they're like, all right, cool. Well, we're not going to help you with really anything. Give us our gifts. We'll load them in the car. And right after the gifts are done, we're going to leave. Sound good. And it's like, for me, it, um, that stuff really irks me because I know that it's not effort put in the right reasoning. That's what really gets me is if you're going to do something, do something purposefully. Don't do something just to check the blog to make yourself feel good because the thing is, I mean, yeah, it's good to feel good, but how much better would you feel if you went for the right reason and received something that day because you went for the right reasons and you had an open heart and open mind? I mean, I, I agree with 100% of what you're saying. And I think that's why it kind of fries your donuts is because people are, like you said, they just are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to talk to God once a year. Like, God gave me my gifts and I'm never, ever going to talk to you again until it's time next year. And they treat God like a, a sugar daddy or like, 
you know, like a genie. And, you know, like Micah said, we both have had our struggles with church. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I have, you know, there was a time in my life where I, I didn't go to church and I stopped going to church. But, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's what he said. It's like, do it with the right intentions and stuff. And if you're one of those people that are like, oh, I don't like going to church because all the people are hypocritical. And I was like, well, you're going to find hypocritical people anywhere. That shouldn't stop you from going to church. But I get it. If you have issues and stuff, those things do need to be addressed and do need to be worked through. Um, But I think what Micah really is saying is that, you know, he just gets frustrated. The people that are doing it. Oh, I went to Easter and they're checking off a box and then they post the pictures just so that they can get likes or make themselves appear a certain way. And I think that's what frustrates him. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's what frustrates me. And um, it's I think what really frustrates me, too, is I mean, I haven't been on this earth that long. I'm going on 27 years. Right. But um, 27 years of each year when Easter comes about seeing the same things over and over and over is enough to, is enough to frustrate you. I think, um, I mean, that's just, it's just one of those things. I, I'm just not big on people who are not purposeful with their time and with their efforts. And, um, but you know, it's end of the day, it's really none of my business, whatever you want to do and whatever relationship with God you want to have is fine. Um, and also to touch on your point about what you were saying with, uh, people who say, I don't like going to church. Yeah. I mean, I totally get that. I totally get it. But the thing that a lot of people miss, I feel like is the fact that you could still have a relationship with God without going to church. Now it's a lot harder. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot harder because you don't have your, um, your support net. Cause that's what a church is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a support net of people that's supposed to help you through your trying times, whether that's spiritually or just your day-to-day stuff. So it's a, uh, it's a lot harder, but you can still have that relationship with God. I mean, it says in the Bible, if you believe, then, I mean, essentially you're saved. Doesn't, I mean, there's a lot of work that comes with that. A lot of people use that as a you know, well, I believe, so we're good. It's not really that simple, but you can also, you know, you can, you can do it on your own. It's church is not a hundred percent required, but it's good. It's definitely good. Yep. So that's what fries are donuts. And we get to one of my favorite segments. It is our mystery donut, which is our improv segment. So Micah, what we got for the improv this week, this week on the improv, we're going to pick each other's accents. And, um, Chris, what do you think? We've got a few scenarios here. Do we want to pick a scenario for the person and the accent and just, I'm, I'm thinking about just doing one for each other. Like, uh, we'll pick a location and an accent. I think we should just pick the location and then we'll pick each other's accents. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, do you want to go first? All right. Uh, I'll pick for you. You're going to have to do a Brooklyn accent. That's what you're going to have to do. So, location. Let's do... We, we've got them here. Business lunch. Let's do a business lunch with a Brooklyn accent. Okay. What's my accent going to be? Your accent is going to be... Can you do Australian? Yeah, I could do Australian. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You want to start or you want me to start? I'll start. Hey, so uh, welcome to uh, Cracker Barrel today. 
what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about uh, what we got planned over here at Lupatazi Industries, okay? So uh, we got our we got our friends over here from uh, from uh, Australia. Where are you from? Oh, mine. I'm from Sydney, Australia, mate. That's a goofy accent you got. Let me tell you that. But welcome, 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 one and all. Why did we choose the Cracker Barrel? Because the Waffle House was closed. You know what I'm saying? So here's the thing. Go ahead, go ahead, my Australian friend. Hey, I like Crackle Bell. It's no Outback Steakhouse, but I like it. Ain't got no shrimp on the barbie, none of that. But I like Crackle Bell. Got good mashed potatoes. Got that little peg game that you can play. I love playing those games. Very good point by my Australian colleague. Now, let me ask you a question. So, uh... What kind of business are we gonna do? We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be supplying the piping. I'm thinking like uh, you know we supply that over two years, okay? And uh, we we have like a four percent overhead, and you know like a like a five percent kicker. What do you think on that? Four percent? That's a little steep, mate. I was thinking maybe like two percent and maybe a three percent cooker. I don't know, mate. You get to choose, but that sounds mighty mighty crazy. Oh. You calling me crazy? Here's the thing. You just cost yourself. Now we got a 7% kicker. How you like that? That's a kick in the pants for you, isn't it? 7%? I can't even feed my wife and three kids off of what I'm taking home. That's gross, mate. I'm not even I'm not even taking home my gross pay. And you're gonna charge me 7%? You're gonna charge me 7%? I gotta feed my baby and and and, and her dingo babies. I'm an understanding guy. You gotta understand this. I'm understanding. But let me tell you something. For 7%, you go back to your homeland and you start eating yourself some tarantulas, okay? For all I care. Because I'm giving you a good deal here. And if you don't see what kind of a good deal that you got here, I'm gonna smack you across the face. You're gonna be losing the taste out of your mouth. You understand? So you're gonna take the 7% before I take it and make it 8.5 just to shove it up your behind. Listen here, mate. After all us Aussies have done for you, we gave you Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. He killed your crocodiles. He killed your stingrays. He didn't kill that one stingray, but that's besides the point. And you're going to treat more people like that? That's absolutely ridiculous. And I'll tell you one thing. You're going to come over here and talk to me like that? I don't think so, bub. All I'm going to tell you is, besides Steve Irwin coming over here and helping our crocodiles, that little island of yours hadn't done nothing, okay? You want to talk about an island, okay? You want to talk about Long Island? We got over here on the Bronx. The Bronx has done more crap than all Australia has done for you, alright? Listen here, mate. We gave you Hugh Jackman. We gave you Steve Irwin. We gave you a whole genre of music. We gave you Hillsong Worship. Now, I know the pastor did the little crazy things. We're not going to talk about that. That's under the wraps. It's still under an investigation. I can't talk about it. But yet, you're going to over here treat my people like that? I don't appreciate that, Mike. You know, I think this business meeting's over. You keep talking to me like that. This business meeting's over. I'm not paying for this Cracker Barrel, neither. When the little lady comes around, you tell her you charge me for the coffee. Other than that, that's on you, Ozzy. Listen here, mate. I think this little business dinner is done. You tell you and your little mites that we're coming for you. Alright. That's, uh, that's good on that one. Well, we have a Brooklyn Ozzy fight going on. Um, so, you want to do one more? Oh, our next... Uh, our next segment is the Eclair, which is our positive advice. 
So, we are going to start with Micah. What is our positive advice for this week, Micah? So, our positive eclair advice for this week is when troubles are hitting, something's at the door. I tell you this much, there's been a lot of stuff that's come at me this week. And I think we talk about it like, it seems like every week we're talking like that. Like, oh man, we had so much stuff happen this week. But this week was very, 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 very trying. It was a very trying week. And you know what that means? I've noticed this over my life. And like I said, I haven't been on this earth for a long time. But what that means is something's at the door. Something big is going to happen. So the thing is, I feel like there's somebody out there who's got some hard stuff hitting life right now. And you don't feel like you can swim a whole lot. And you're barely, you know, barely keeping your head above water. But you know what that means? That means that something good's coming. That means something is about to, I mean, that thing you've been asking for, the thing you've been wanting so much, it's about to happen. But the thing is, life, God, whatever you believe, is really it's preparing you and making sure that you're ready for this next challenge and that blessing that's coming about. So just be ready. Just understand that you'll get through this time. And when you get through this time, there's hills and valleys in life. It might be a valley, but hey, you're about to climb that hill. Yep. So uh, that's really good, man. I, I'm trying not to start preaching because I could do, start preaching and go into my preacher voice, but the improv segment is over. Um, So that's really good for those of y'all that have been having a tough week. I mean, you know, with me starting this new job, there are definitely struggles and whatnot. But mine kind of springboards out off of that. Um, and mine is don't be afraid to reach out to other people uh, when you need help and to you know, let people know what's going on. Uh, don't do it alone. Don't do life alone because, you know, in our society, we, you know, we idolize people that are like the Lone Ranger or the one man show. And really and truly, man, you really need a lot of people to help you uh, get to where you're going. Um, and you can't do this by yourself. So if you're having a hard time, it doesn't make you any less of a person to reach out to someone and reach out to a friend and say, hey, I'm having a hard time. I'm struggling with this. Or, hey, I need your help this week. Or, hey, I just need less of a person. Um, so, you know, if you're struggling, if you need help, you know, let your walls down and let people in and let people help you um, because you never know, you know, uh, you know, there's been times, you know, uh, Micah's gone through some, or I've gone through something that we, you know, we've leaned on each other and we've helped pick each other back up. And that's what good friends are for is to help you pick you up when you're down. One last thing on that, uh, Chris said it last week, but make sure you have purposeful rest. Something else that's in our society that is very big right now is the glorification of overwork. A lot of people love to say, you know, I don't take any days off. I have no days off and it's a good thing. And, you know, it's, it's a real burnout culture. Don't get wrapped up into that. Those people are absolutely miserable and I promise you that. To work that much is not a good thing, and that's not the way that we as humans are built. So make sure you take that purposeful rest. Just want to throw that in there as well. So uh, make sure that you go out and check out our brand new website, tvtrashcan.com. That is tvtrashcan.com. We have added a new feature. Well, I say we. Micah has added a new feature to our website. He's been working hard on this website to where now you can stream some of our shows, uh, not our shows, but some of the shows like Cheaters, Cobbs, uh, Eye for an Eye, and you can go in there and watch it. And we want to turn Trash Can TV into a streaming service where you can watch all your favorite trash shows. We should be getting some new shows soon, but go and check that website out, tvtrashcan.com. That is tvtrashcan.com. And as of today, when you guys are listening to it, today's the first day it went live. So go ahead and take a look at that. It's 
brand stinking new, so you could be the OG of OG whenever we start this little streaming service here. You get to be the first ones to watch it. Yeah, we want to open a theme park, too. Watch out for that. I would love to open my own theme park. But anyway, that's that's future work. So uh, we are going to sign off. We hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. And we hope the donut box is on your mind, uh, just like we said in the intro. So I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And sorry you had to hear my secret. All right. We'll now see you guys next I'm time. I'm lying here with Linda on my mind. And next to me. My soon to be the one I left behind. And Lord, it's killing me to see her crying. She knows I'm lying here beside her with Linda on my mind. Yes, I know that I once loved her. And I play